0: Hello, everyone,
1: and welcome to Showhoppers. Today, we are covering Watchmen in its entirety because this is our recap episode. I am Mr. Sal, high school science teacher, here with my co-host and former student, the person who may or may not be the infamous Slippy McGee. We'll find out. It's Kurt,
0: Mr. Sal. I already know that you are Slippy McGee. All right, you. You're a man who loves his canola oil. You're a man who loves Uh, his canola oil. If only I had the physique to fit into a sewer (laughs) grate.
1: But that is not, sadly, the case. So, no, I think I have been exonerated as Slippy McGee.
0: Uh, All right. The canola oil says, you know, otherwise, but to each be their own.
1: To each be their own. Indeed. Kurt, it's a special time because it's recap time. Not, not Maybe not as special as TV time, but a special time nonetheless. Uh, for those of you who have never heard a Showhoppers recap, what we're going to do is we're going to run through the episodes, uh, talk about our favorite. We're going to rank them. Uh, and we're going to talk about our favorite titles, our least favorite titles, uh, how we feel about some of the deaths this season, and uh, some character awards that we give out. And we'll do the whole thing. Uh, and uh an interesting interesting way i think uh and at the end because this is a series finale presumably although uh i'm partially going to do this because uh maybe it will jinx it into not being a series finale <laughs> uh, i like to on series finales uh deliver a maybe not so short essay of audio essay on my closing parting words on the series so that will be coming up right at the end of the episode but in the meantime kurt Mm -hmm. we have an interesting predicament here because we have the same exact top five episodes in the same order
0: you call an interesting predicament you could also call it fate you could call it Reasonableness. (laughs) Reasonableness. <laughs> rational object- agents.
1: Objectivity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this is, uh, yeah. These
1: are objectively the best in this order. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, so I think here's my proposition. I think you and I go through and we, we say, we just say what our numbers nine, eight, seven, and six episodes were. And then we just start from number five uh i'll start with the, my, my number 5 i'll you can time me for 2 minutes to talk about it and then you can respond with anything that you want to say about it All and right. then you could do number 4 and and time me uh, or i'll time you for 2 minutes and then i'll respond with anything that i feel like you might have missed or something like that okay does that sound good
0: makes sense yeah. yeah yeah makes sense
1: okay so having said that why don't you give us your uh just just the titles 9876 what do you have
0: my favorite episode, It's Summer and We're Running at Ice, first episode, gave it 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Eighth episode, If You Don't Like My Story, Write Your Own, fourth episode of the season, also 9 out of 10. Seventh, Marshall Feats of Comanche Horsemanship, second episode, also 9 out of 10 in the sixth ranked episode, and Almost Religious Awe, seventh episode, 9 out of 10 as well.
1: Okay. Uh, My number nine episode was episode four. I gave it a nine out of 10. If you don't like my story, write your own. My number eight was an almost religious awe, which was episode seven. I also gave that a nine out of 10. My number seven was episode two, martial feats of Comanche horsemanship. Thus begins my streak of 10 out of 10s. And my number six rated episode was episode one, it's summer and we're running out of ice. Yeah. Ten out of ten.
0: Yeah, I mean so. that makes sense. Me- like the the first episode and two probably are a lot better if you know how the series goes, like with Judd and knowing that Wills Reeves is hooded justice and
1: Yeah. You know, Holy cow. It, uh, it was it was amazing watching those things the second time through. Yeah.
0: Amazing. I mean, I
1: loved them the first time through, but not the way I loved them the second time through. I could see that. Yeah. All right. All right, but let's move on then. And uh, what number are we going to start with here, Kurt? Number five. All right, my number five. Are you ready to start the time? Yeah, I just started it. Okay, my number five rated episode was episode three. She was killed by space junk. Gave it a 10 out of 10. This is Lori's episode. There are several point of view episodes throughout the course of this uh, series. and, And this is Lori's i love this episode this was the episode that really hooked me on the series when i watched it the first time as i said episode one and two i loved them but not like i love them now it was episode three that made me fall in love with this series the opening scene is spectacular when Lori, who I, you know, we see her doing exactly the opposite of what we last saw her doing. She is now busting vigilantes. When we, when we saw her in the graphic novel, she was busting vigilantes out of prison, not putting them in prison. Uh, she spends most of the episode on the phone talking to, well, really just the phone, but thinks she's talking to Dr. Manhattan, telling him this joke. Um, which is in character with her new persona. She's the comedian or she was when last she was a vigilante. My favorite scene in the episode is the scene in the mausoleum between Angela and Laurie, where they're clearly both trying to do the same thing, uh, but in very different ways. And they seem to be getting in each other's way. And and we're going to see that kind of conflict come to a head and at the end of episode five, Um, but by the end of the season, they will certainly be on the same page. But uh, Lori, to me, is a tremendously entertaining character. I'm glad I get to talk about her right now because I'm, I think that she is part of what makes this such an accessible series. Uh, it, because a lot of the series is not as accessible. As it might be, but this, but Lori makes it so. Lori is a really easy access point for people who read the graphic novel. For people who didn't, she's entertaining. She's funny. She's interesting.
0: Great episode. I'll stop there. One fifty-eight. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you hate to see it. To see it. <laughs> All right.
1: What do you What do you have to say about she was killed? Killed by space junk.
0: What I will say is, in my notes here, I've written 10 out of 10 best one yet. Which Absolutely. Which does some up very well. It, it definitely mm-hmm. is a, a step above the first two. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I mean, you felt the way when you first watched it. I feel the same way. It's what really hooked me in, uh, especially seeing such a Laurie-centric episode. And it it's very important that we get this episode to root for Lori. It makes sense to root for Lori. Her first scene's really cool. Um And yeah, I I think it's really nice to get to know Lori, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I could tell that, you know, Keen was a crook from a mile away.
1: (laughs) You did call that. That is very true. (laughs) All right. Well, are you ready to move on to the next episode, then? Yep. Number four. All right, Kurt, you're up for this
0: one. So, ready, set, go. Our fourth ranked episode, fifth episode of the season. We gave it a 10 out of 10. A little fear of lightning. Very, very frightening. <laughs> it is the uh, episode that revolves around Looking Glass, Wade, and man, is it such a good one. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting this to be as good of an episode as it was. I, I think going into it, I knew it was going to be a Wade episode based on the next on, but it was so much better than I ever thought it could be. The uh, beginning scene, as was a trend for Watchmen throughout, had such strong beginning scenes. This beginning scene was probably my favorite. Uh, seeing him get tricked, but also just seeing the actual event take place uh, with you know the whole squid attack. And it plays a lot into Wade's character and the trauma that he feels and later, I guess, how he brings Vite to perhaps justice with Laurie. Um, but getting to know Wade, seeing how fearful he is, but he puts up a front, seeing what he does, you know, he works in a marketing agency, him going to the PTSD sessions and still putting up a fake front and he kind of you know he's, he's flirting with the woman and you know he thinks he's cracked the seventh Cavalry, but he's fallen for their trap and we see vite's video which is so cool and speaking of vite seeing him spelling out the the message out of the bodies that was also really cool before he gets arrested by the game warden, it was a really great episode it was a very good payoffs on all fronts to me and question marks as to what happens to wait at the end of this episode since the 7th Calvary comes for him. So, great episode all around, and there go 10 out of 10. That's all. Mind my time.
1: One thirty-eight.
0: Okay.
1: Yes. You know, I forgot to mention in episode 3, that's when we find out who Adrian Veidt is. So, or who the Lord of the
0: Matters Oh, you're right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah, in this episode, I, I love this episode too. This, I, this is my fourth favorite episode as well, and it is... You know, I love a good trauma story, right? <laughs> we, we uh, at least I am a big fan of of looking at trauma during a series uh, and and seeing what for various forms of entertainment do with that. And this episode, I thought was spectacular uh, in in terms of what it did with the trauma. I think one of the the more underrated aspects of it it's very minor. It happens very quickly. Is when he gets home, he throws away the the alarm system but then he quickly goes back and pulls it out of the trash <laughs> uh, and i love that because it is so hard to let go of your trauma like it just it's really hard and, so, and for some people it becomes so much a part of them it's such a defining characteristic that even when granted the freedom like i mean he's been freed like literally saw the video of Vite confessing to the whole thing explaining exactly how he did it and he's still needs to hold on to that trauma because it's so much a part of him. I mean what if
0: what if he sends down another big squid?
1: Yeah, I mean I like, I suppose that's <laughs> a possibility.
0: So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. He yeah, didn't no, you're right. he hasn't he, he hasn't yet. Well it's because so. he stopped him. That's, that's right. why he arrested <laughs> Max death Yeah. <laughs> like, I know yeah. what you're capable of. Yeah. Anyway, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean I don't know. I don't know if it'd be as easy to make another squid as it as you think it would be because i mean he had an uh, like an army of people doing it that he killed
0: you're right yeah yeah. you're right i don't know how easy it would be to make another squid yeah i mean these little tiny ones that's one thing but
1: anyway all right so are you ready to move on uh yeah i am ready number three
0: are you ready mr Sal? i'm ready okay ready steady
1: go My number three episode is the season finale, perhaps the series finale. See how they fly. It really is impressive how all the pieces fit together into this finale. You know, uh, the whole season we spent wondering, what is the deal with Adrian Veidt? What is going on? And now we see he was sending a message to his daughter who he swore he would never call daughter to help him to save him she does she brings him back she she brings him back sealed in the gold statue which is has been there in plain sight since episode four uh pretty impressive there and and it's important that she bring him back because he's the one who's going to stop her you know what has lady true been up to this whole time what's this millennium clock well she's going to try to steal dr manhattan's powers she's not the only one with that idea joe keene has got that idea as well but all of the all the plot details work so well together; it's really tight. I, I love the ending where you don't quite know if Angela is Doctor Manhattan now or not. But most of all, I love the scene in the theater between Angela and Will. That, to me, is is the most important scene maybe in the whole season uh, because it really sums up what the show's about. It's about race. It's about trauma. It's about masks and how people wear them, uh, and Angela even breaks down in tears in that scene. I love it. Anyway, this is it's a great finale,
0: but there are two episodes even better. So let's move on to those. Yeah, one thirty-two. Yeah, <laughs> this is a really good episode. I mean, you could you could talk about a lot about it. It has mm-hmm. some not Schrodinger's, uh, Chekhov's egg. We get Chekhov's, Chekhov's egg. egg. I yeah. think it's a really good ending. <laughs> I see I yeah. people being upset with it, but mm-hmm. uh, I I think it's a good. Good way to end it, uh, and perhaps the best prank of all time. <laughs> uh, I I did like how much Vite there was in the episode. It was they did you know a good payoff into Vite's story and him escaping his sure. little paradise and whatnot. Uh, but it does all tie in very nicely. It's good mm-hmm. to see another gray area also showing up from Vite. The uh, he saved arguably the world again. <laughs> I just in saved the world
1: podcast. again.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh, certainly was a good one, and uh am I'm, I'm happy with the finale, and I, I do agree that the Angela will scene was very touching and it very much so sums up the the whole season very well in terms of like the takeaways from it and how they have grown as characters so yeah yep i would, I would agree to that so that's all, all right. I have to say on it
1: fantastic well then let's move on number two. All, all right, right, Kurt. This one's all you.
0: I'm ready. Here. All right, ready, set, go. Mr. Sell, what do you do when a god walks into a bar? That's episode eight for you. <laughs> <laughs> Both give it a ten out of ten. Uh, this is the Doctor Manhattan episode, and I was so excited for this episode, wondering is are they are they going to do the thing? <laughs> are they going to do the thing they did in the comics, where like you just. <laughs> beep booping around time and they did do the thing and i, I was also really excited that they went ahead in time i uh, cause during the episode i was like oh, are we ever going to get back to where we were last episode or is that going to be all the finale no we did get back and they, <laughs> you know they went a little further and they just there's so many self-referential things i gotta rewatch this episode just to you know make sense of all of it because i'm sure i missed mm-hmm. some of it um but even even near the end of it you know when he's talking about making the omelet he's walking on water saying hey, this is important literally meta breaking basically telling the viewer this is important <laughs> that i'm walking here now <laughs> the whole omelet cause will says a uh, you know the finale ah oh, so th- that's all really great um but just the idea of dr Manhan seeing him again and seeing his struggle with another relationship and him wanting to become cal and his conversation with Vite. That being my favorite scene, I think it was yours too. Was wonderful him finally being able to talk to someone who seems to really understand him consistently. Mm-hmm. By so it was it was it was really good. Um, that's all, all in my time there. One thirty. Oh, I had way more
1: time. You did, but that's okay. We can keep talking about it yeah. if you want. So, yeah. Um, I, I tell you this this episode's um what's amazing to me about this episode is, and I think you'll agree with this that that chapter in the graphic novel or that issue of the of the comics is what hooked me on that book mm-hmm. i i don't know if if you felt the same way but like w- watching them do with dr manhattan what they did just the the idea that he can see all of time at once and we get to to kind of try to experience that and in the limited way that we can but th- what they do with it in the graphic novel is just so unique and so unlike anything I'd ever seen. It, that's what hooked me. And so I was
0: really excited to see them do it here. What what I would say hooked me in the graphic novel was basically this was part of the hooking. It, it was the idea of Dr. Manhattan, him leaving and then Russia mm-hmm. invading Afghanistan. And it's going, wow, this is a real problem that he left. Yeah, yeah. And I'm seeing his perspective as to why he left. So it definitely has to do with the hook. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the uh, this is a, this is such a spectacular episode. It's so original and so unique in its structure, uh, and and it works. You know, it just works. You know, uh, he chuckles because Veit is calling him profoundly lacking in imagination. At the mm-hmm. same time, as far as he's concerned, that Angela is saying that he has an incredible imagination. You know, D- uh,
0: that's yeah, great. Despite Doctor Manhattan really only being around for two episodes like as mm-hmm. document hand being around for two episodes yeah in the uh, the season he's such a fundamental character obviously to the original mm-hmm. comics right mm-hmm. he's what makes it the way he is His mm-hmm. his mere presence changes the world and again his mere presence affects his story immensely like yeah it's it, he you could argue he's the most apparent I, I would say probably the most important character and both the Watchmen, the comic and this TV series. Well, sure. What yeah. causes. Because cause of the yep. impact on the world around him. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, and mean, I think but, that's really good, like, kind of commentary on superheroes and, like, the idea of, like, if there were people or a person that was Superman-like or, mm-hmm. you know, these great powers.
1: It that wouldn't be
0: all uh, lollipops <laughs> yeah. and rainbows. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it would definitely, definitely be some some chaos sprinkled in there. hmm mm-hmm. Interesting all right so I well i guess it's it. time i guess it's time all
0: right are you, are you ready then Mr. Seth? yeah i think so number one all right you ready for the timer i think so ready set
1: go our number one rated episode is episode six this extraordinary being we both gave it a 10 out of 10. to me this episode is to watchmen what international assassin is to the leftovers it is unlike anything I've ever seen before. I was blown away by the, the storytelling and the, and the methods they used for the storytelling in this episode, where you're, you are you are inside Angela, who is inside Will's memories, and sometimes the person you're watching is Will, and sometimes it's Angela. You know that we get to see the actual origin story of Hooded Justice, the most mysterious of all the, the Watchmen characters. We get to see the The racial prejudice on full display will gets hanged by his fellow police officers at one point. My favorite scene in the episode is when June recounts has him recount his uh, time in the theater during the Tulsa massacre. and so we kind of see the memory within the memory, right? We see we see Angela's seeing will's memory of recounting this memory, which we are also seeing of Bass Reeves on the screen. We're seeing why it's important and June convinces him why it's important that he wear white makeup around his eyes, because the only way he's going to get his justice is if he is perceived as white, uh, it, it mirror's so nicely what we see with Angela painting her eyes black behind her mask. It's a beautiful episode it's a sad episode it's a tragic episode and it is the one of the most original episodes of television that i've ever seen i'll stop there
0: 151 okay good time it yeah it's so cinematography wise so well shot oh yeah i it might be one of my favorite um, episodes of television of all time Mm -hmm. i'll wait on that but it really is that good Mm mm-hmm I was yeah. always a big fan of Hooded Justice in the comics. I know you mm-hmm. heard me talking about. It. I'm like, yeah. i like, can only imagine your excitement. I was but, so excited <laughs> every time you brought up
1: Hooded Justice. I was like, oh my god, this is it would be so good. I,
0: thinking <laughs> about it, yeah, I would be really excited to <laughs> so watch that. And they were coming up to me like, oh, I think Hooded Justice is really cool. Look, look at this Hollis M- Mason thing with the idea. He could be the. I like that. That's cool. Jamie's dead. Or oh, oh, oh well. <laughs> yeah. And, Yeah, so oh man, so I was already a big fan of Hood Justice, and when he put on that hood, Oh yeah, so great. Mm -hmm. And yeah, again, the cinematography stuff. What I put for my favorite scene was, you know, Angela going through Angela as Hood of Justice going through the window, and time freezes, and talking, and Cal tries to read her out of it. Just Mm -hmm. seeing his history is so cool, and knowing that it's not only you seeing it, but Angela experiencing it. So it's it's. I guess it's nice knowing that Angela's also experiencing it and that she's getting this knowledge too. It's not like we're getting an ironic thing where we know the knowledge but Angela doesn't and it's kind of like, ah, you know. Mm-hmm. come on, Angela, why don't you just relate to him? Right. <laughs> like he's, he's hooded justice. It's, you know, yeah. So, and then, and then from there forth, I'm, I'm waiting for these two to be able to see each other again and to have a conversation. Angela is looking for it. Instead, she yep. finds the elephant in the room. So <laughs> she does. Yeah. That's in the next episode. Yeah. That's in the next episode. So she can't, can't uh, find him sadly. But when, when they do a meet me in that final episode, it makes it all that more special from the, oh, all yeah. this. I mean, this entire episode makes that one conversation all that better. So, absolutely, yeah, definitely, this is a great episode, an extraordinary yeah. episode, <laughs> extraordinary <laughs> episode. That's right. Yeah, it's
1: it's really it's it's so good. It's it's the it's the pride of the series. I think it's just it's a great series, and this it, is the top of it.
0: It's a great episode. I didn't expect to be that great. Like I was yeah. kind of excited to see. All oh, right, so we get to see Will's past. That's cool. But yeah, right. I. Yeah, did not expect that. No,
1: you you couldn't you couldn't possibly expect what you got out of this episode. That's why he he was of
0: justice.
1: Even even if you knew, even if you knew that he was hooded justice, I the just the way this story is told. Yeah, you you couldn't possibly ever expect this to be the story that you're watching and to take it in this way. And and I I think it's, it's it's really important to remember all the while. It's it's Angela and they remind you like throughout the episode you see Angela. Con- in, yeah, in the yeah, she's,
0: they interchange them. Yep.
1: Yeah, and, and it's so important to know that it is. And you mentioned it, it's it's Angela who's taking this in as well. This is how she's taking it in. So, yeah. 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 Really, really interesting. Great episode. Great series. I love this series. Uh, I'm glad that you loved it too. I'm, I'm really. I, I I think this might be well, maybe better call Saul, but. Other than Better Call Saul, this might be your uh, highest-rated numerically, anyway, series that we've covered. It's very good. I might like it more. I, I, <laughs> I'm into the. I'm into the universe. Yeah, so. it's it's really great. It's a great universe. Okay, well, Kurt, we've got some other stuff to talk about though with with this series. Oh. Uh, let's talk about the titles. All right, all right, all We're right.
0: Talk about the titles.
1: Well, I want to I wanna see if I can guess what you think the worst title was.
0: Okay. Okay,
1: and then you can try to guess mine as well. Uh, I think that you think the worst title, and and uh, to be honest with you, like the titles are cumbersome in this series. <laughs> they're they not, are, the best. they're the, not the best.
0: I mean, they t- they take some work. They, yeah, they, yeah, you you have to figure it out. Some of them you have to like research yeah. a bit or something. I, I shouldn't say that, but yeah, they're... Yeah, but
1: like you hear some of these titles, and you're like, what the heck does that mean? But I think for you, your least favorite title is "Martial Feats of Comanche Horsemanship. I think uh, you hear that title the first time, and you're like, what the heck does that mean? And then you watch the episode, and you're still like, what the heck does that mean? And then it's not until a later episode that Agent Petey and the PDpedia describes... What martial feats of Comanche Comanche horsemanship is? So I think that's. I think once once you figured it out, it's probably okay. But I think that it was just too cumbersome in the meantime to, to have it be uh, a likable title for you. All right.
0: I think yours is just. If you don't like my story, write your own. I think it's just introduction episode. But I, I just I just think uh, I'm a big fan of the episode or the title as it is compared to the rest of them and how they connect them to the story. All right okay well
1: uh that is incorrect for me
0: you got me wrong too
1: (laughs) oh okay all right well i'll I'll tell you my least favorite title first um my least favorite title was actually
0: little fear of lightning oh my goodness Uh, is that yours too yes it was (laughs) (laughs) it was yeah i I researched i I researched my research i googled it (laughs) okay Did you Google it? No, I did not. Okay, the episode's title is taken from the Wikipedia. uh, The title of the episode is taken from a passage in Jules Verne's 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. If there were no thunder, men would have little fear of lightning. Oh, now I like it a lot more. (laughs) (laughs) It makes sense for the episode, but I was like, I just need to convert to the
1: rest. uh that's and that's what i was like i mean i all right i know there's a lot it's about fear like the the whole episode's about the the fear that wade feels as a result of his trauma from the the squid fall but and not just from the squid fall by the way but also from being left naked and alone in the in the mirror house yeah traumatic yeah it's like like bundled trauma there but anyway um but the episode's called little fear of lightning and he has lots of fear so I, but now that i hear that i gotta i gotta rethink this whole thing because that actually makes a lot of sense that, that makes it does a much make sense. better
0: time i celebrated I it this because i know i just wouldn't have gotten that no i well i didn't yeah i don't so, think it was ever in the episode at some point i wish they had put this in the episode basically this quote because i don't think this is a yeah. super famous
1: I mean, or or like two thousand leagues under the sea, twenty thousand leagues under the sea, like a, a copy of the book somewhere. Maybe they did. They might have. Just yeah, they might
0: it. have. I, that's why I didn't say that because they could have. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm I'll, I'm going to do a call an audible here and, and switch it to what you guessed. Actually, If you don't like my story. Write your own. So wonderful,
0: wonderful. Glad to see I got it right. Glad to see <laughs> I willed you in a... I made that up, Mister Sal. <laughs> no,
1: no, I. I... <laughs> i don't think you did
0: <laughs> it's a good way if there were no thunder men would have we'd have little fear of lightning so there you go I
1: love, I love that now i might have to shift this to my favorite title now. <laughs> are you really i don't know i don't know i really don't know no, i'm not because i really love my favorite title all right so all right so my ex-fact why don't you go ahead and try to guess my favorite title
0: i think so mr i believe you're a father Okay. i am congratulations thank you based on that as a dad I, I think you know what dads are you know what they're known for dad, dad jokes. jokes dad jokes so i think yours is <laughs> a god walks into a bar <laughs> <laughs> the most punny joke It's the most funny title i've seen in a very long time <laughs> it is very funny uh and i think that is your favorite title as, as mine. well yeah, you got me right. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, uh, <laughs> I remember you kind of gushing about that. I did gush
0: about it. it. <laughs> I, I, I thought I gushing about it during the uh, the recap. Yep. I was like, is that going to be too... No, maybe I'll be... <laughs> no, nah, I just won't. I just won't. I, just, I, just, I should have.
1: <laughs> It's pretty awesome. It's a pretty, pretty awesome um, title. I don't think it's yours. It is not my favorite title. I love my favorite title. <laughs> you, you, there's no way you would have guessed. You would have guessed the other eight before you guessed this one. I'm oh, really? I guess seven because you would have guessed... Uh, you would not have guessed if you don't like my story right here um it's summer and it's and we're running out of ice <laughs> oh
0: because of the song i mean i sense.
1: i love that it's right there in plain sight and, yeah, I, and i've Judge seen James oklahoma i've no oklahoma i sh- it, like if i had just in my head just gone a little further with those lyrics i would have pie- pieced together before i even watched the episode that this guy's gonna die they they gave it to me <laughs> it's, it's you know it, it, and i and i didn't piece it together until i heard it over the credits i, I love that so anyway i, th- that, I get thought get that was that. Very, that's cl- very, very clever, clever. The title. Yeah. that's very true very, very true. clever title okay all right so those are our favorite titles let's talk about the those that we have to say goodbye to which is basically everybody because i don't think the series is coming back but um those who we know died in the series all right so we'll talk about those J's. so many J's. we got judd We've got Judd Crawford, the sheriff. We have um, Joe Keen, the senator, who was liquefied. <laughs> we have uh, John Osterman, Doctor Manhattan, and we have Lady True. So those those, uh, unless you can think of something that I forgot.
0: No, no, no. That's that's the list I went with as well.
1: Okay, so <laughs> then let's discuss our most shocking death which death that surprised us the most for you i think you said you were most shocked that judd died because he seemed like such a main character in episode one and then he was just
0: gone this is your guy I, I think likewise for you because you told me about this in episode one i <laughs> thought your most shocking death but how shocked you were that he did die <laughs> so are you saying that's my yes judd. and i absolutely
1: yeah. <laughs> so, and yes. he is
0: for me too i mean yeah you know you can see the other ones kind of coming yeah john literally says i'm yeah. going to die yeah. <laughs> if john's shocking then i don't know what else you know <laughs> the most telegraphed death john osterman yeah. but yeah
1: judd is to me it's still it's amazing okay he was such a big character arguably the most screen time in episode one gone at the end of episode one Incredible. I, I, I give a lot of credit to series that do stuff like that. Yeah, so no, I respect it. It was good. Because you know right off the bat that nobody's off. No limits. one's safe. And that's yep. good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when, when they can get that, that's good. Yep. When you know no one's safe.
1: Exactly. All right. So, yes, I agree. Most shocking death was Judd. All right. Well, let's then move on to the saddest death.
0: All right, Mr. Sal. I don't think you said Joaquin. <laughs> i don't think he said that I, I think only john osterman makes the most sense since angel's right beside him crying
1: <laughs> likewise <laughs> I Correct. <think> john, <laughs> yes, yes this is an easy one this and this was genuinely sad this is like what she she asks him why didn't you teleport me too when he because he has tor- teleported lori and adrian and wade why didn't you teleport me, too? I didn't want to be alone when I died. I mean, that's so sad. heartbreaking. It's yeah. amazing. So if it wasn't for that scene in the theater later, that might have been my favorite scene in the episode. It was pretty impressive. But yeah. Anything else you want to say about that, death? No, no. I, I agree. It's by far the most saddest. Okay. So then character that we will miss the least. Uh, so of these four characters, I mean, three of them are basically villains. <laughs> so... I think it's got to be one of those three. We got Judd, Joe Keene, and Lady True. So I'm going to say you will not miss John Osterman the least. Uh, I'm going to say you're going to – I think you actually kind of liked Joe Keene. So I'm going to say that you uh, will miss Judd the least because
0: you only got one episode with him anyway. I think you said Joe Keene because I don't think you're very keen on him. I'm not very keen on Keen. Uh, I did say Joe Keen.
1: Yeah, I don't. I he's just a really scummy, very cringy guy. I don't uh, relish seeing him,
0: his face on the screen anymore. I said Joe Keen too. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I wasn't too big on Joe Keen. Okay. I thought you liked him, but anyway, anyway he's all right. But I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, when 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 he when he became very overtly racist, that it wasn't it wasn't as it wasn't as funny. <laughs> yes, very overtly.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Well, then the character we missed the most, I think, uh, well, go ahead and you can
0: take a guess at me. uh, And it's the same for you, John. Yeah, yeah. Pretty (laughs) pretty easy ones. We we did the same stuff. All the same on the deaths. Wow. Okay. Well, because we're objective. (laughs) I I sense that the characters are going to be like, I struggled with the characters.
1: These these, these, these later awards that we're about to give out. Oh, man. I I had a tough time. But we are very much in line here more so than we usually are other than our <laughs> titles. We have the same top five episodes in the same order and the same responses to the deaths. Very interesting. Okay. We had one
0: point at the same worst title. We did at
1: one point at the same worst title. You're right. Okay. Well, let's move on to what we love to talk about. Well, although we didn't talk about it much in this series. Uh, we usually to... lo- we usually love to talk about who who are the goodest characters, meaning the ones with the the strongest moral compass, I guess. But there has to be some objectivity to it because you could argue, I suppose, that somebody like Joe Keen has a, a, a thinks that he's got a strong moral compass, right?
0: Yeah, well, I I think goodest is I, I think there's a lot of them. Um, What's the opposite sort of objective? Subjective. Yeah. Thank, thank you. <laughs> I think it's a lot of subjective that comes into goodest character, but yeah, mm-hmm. as long as you can articulate yourself as to why you said the person, I think it's fine. Well, I think this is
1: an easy call for who you said. I think you said Wade because Wade is basically the Rorschach of this world, and you thought Rorschach was the goodest character in Watchmen somehow. But
0: there you go. I think I think you said Wade. I think I'm justified in saying Rorschach was all right. <laughs> um jeez um man i really don't well know while you're you thinking, thinking let me just I think to, said, Lo- oh I, I got my guess i got my guess all right go i ahead. think you said lori blake because she okay. was a crime fighter or you know mass vigilante turned with the fbi and she you know seems to be aiming you know her, her target or reticle in this in, in the area of who should be getting it so i think lori blake okay
1: uh I did not say Lori Blake. I think you could point out some stuff about Lori that's a little questionable. <laughs> Things it's like like, well. like, you know, how'd you know that the bullet wasn't gonna go through that body armor? <laughs> she didn't know. She didn't care. She well, shot
0: she, the guy.
1: Uh you know, she she shot the guy with the bomb strapped to him, thinking, Oh, it's gonna be a bluff. Um she I think she ha- uses some questionable tactics to get to Angela. Uh, you know, uh, bugging mirror guys, and she constantly barbs. Wait, calling him mirror guy. She knows that his name's Looking Glass. It's
0: hard to remember. Okay, so, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't. I,
1: so I, I did, did not that, say Lori. Um, I think the Looking Glass one's unfair. But <laughs> okay. well Anyway, I did not say Lori. Uh, I, I said so, and, and you'll have to, you'll have to be the ultimate ruling on this. All right. So what I said was Cal in the Tunnel of Love so in other words Cal when he doesn't know he's Dr. Manhattan
0: that's fair I think you can okay. I think you should say Cal without saying Dr. Manhattan kind of yeah I okay that's fair, so definitely. then yeah I think
1: that I think that's that was an, that's an easy that's call fair. for me
0: like, yeah he's... no I didn't even think about Cal in that way that's fair no yeah. I, I think that's fair but you still said Wade I did not no I thought about Wade though you're not oh, wrong wow Mr. Sal how could you not say the person who saved the world <laughs> once I mean, twice. <laughs> Vite saved the world. Because here's why I say Vite. Because at the end, they, they arrest him. No. And I don't think that's justified. He saved the world again. <laughs> I think I think, I think think he's the goodest character. You, no, man. come on now. He saved the world twice, Mr. Sal. How could you not how, save him? How many of those Cro- Phillips and Crookshanks did he just slaughter? And? And? He <laughs> saved the world twice. You know how many people would have died if he didn't save the world? twice oh my god he's his, his his save was like plus a few billion.
1: Oh yeah okay fine twice <laughs> <laughs> but, but, all right so i look i love adrian fight i think he's the one of the most interesting characters in the universe between the graphic novel novel and this uh series because of that non-binary morality like it's really hard to condemn him as amoral when he literally saved billions of people twice. I think yeah, but it's also really to- hard to bestow upon him the honor of goodest character when he is wiping out three million New Yorkers in a single fell swoop. Not to mention all the people he you, he manipulated and killed. In order to create the squid so
0: so so there's a few things here. I I was wondering how much we want to draw from the comics or just from this TV series as well. That was one reason I also said for it because (laughs) what he did there is the comics. But I also did say twice, which is all. So I'm I'm saying the comics when I want to say the comics there. Right. So (laughs) so it's fine if you just want to say once. That's fine. I'm sure he'll take that.
1: Well, regardless, like
0: I can't, I can't
1: forgive what he does to Phillips and Crookshanks over Over. and over again.
0: like I said though he did it's, it's kind of why I said Rorschach for the like the Watchmen comics yeah he, his moral this this is not as much about his moral compass eh, it could be his moral his moral compass is attuned to um not the, it it's when you when you weigh um utilitarianism like just mm-hmm. just getting the most for everything for everyone or whatever like he's just making sure of that by the right. most amount of people by getting himself off that moon. And then Here, here's my ironclad argument Shoot. okay against Adrian that, Veidt is, is that taking that goodest. take care of his children? Yeah,
1: yeah, right, fine. Okay. Here's my ironclad argument against Adrian White being the goodest character. All of the Phillips and Crookshanks murders
0: mm-hmm.
1: were not to save the earth. They were to save himself. Yeah. They were to get him off the off of that off of uh, europa that is all the fact that he was then put in a position to save the earth again was never part of why he did what he did that's different from when he dropped the squid he dropped yeah. the squid and killed three million people knowing he was going to kill three million people and grappling with it morally f- for the sake of saving the world that's not why he killed these is people it,
0: is it then this is another morally thing though is it bad if they don't mind if they don't mind it. <laughs> You know what I mean? They, they they live to serve, and arguably, are they really even alive? They're definitely alive. No, I, as in as in ah, he argues. You know, there's the the way they're kind of programmed. Who knows? Well, if Doctor Manhattan
1: created them because he wanted to create something beautiful, then Vite has at minimum destroyed something beautiful. That's fine for his own self benefit. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. So, I uh, no, there's no way, there's no way I put Vite in this category. Right. Save the world twice. All right. All right. He may have done the goodest thing. Things. Things. Okay, fine. Anyway. All right. All right. So, uh, I'm, I'm I'm so, th- f- I thought it'd be a really? hot take. It'd be a yeah, hot it is take. a hot take for sure, but I'm shocked you didn't say
0: Shock. I thought about it. I thought about, I thought about it but then I, I thought about it a bit more and went why did save those two people
1: oh my god
0: or two not two people <laughs> two or two earths two, <laughs> two, two, times. two, two populations because i was thinking wait as a way to at the end that's not a good character thing well I,
1: I mean i would argue that's like very much in keeping with with rorschach that's the that's the it moral is, compass. It, is. It, it, it actually
0: is i was thinking the, about that i'm basically heel turned on how i was with rorschach yeah. Up that. yeah he's 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 got the unwavering moral compass for better or worse. When when I said Rorschach, that was, you know, moral compass of above all else. Veidt is, and justify the means. <laughs> yes. It's very Machiavellian, <laughs> yes. So, there you go. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. How about the baddest character? I, I assume we'll have a little more uh, yeah, agreement on this one. Here, I think. So, yeah. I, I think I guessed you first last time, but so you get to guess me first this time. I think you said Joe Keaton. And I think you said Joe Keaton. Wrong. Wrong. Okay, hold on. You can explain that in a minute. I definitely did say Joaquin. I think that is very objectively true. Like the guy's a racist scum who wants to become a god for the sake of having the power of of the god. Like there's there's nothing altruistic about
0: it. No, you're really fair. Maybe I should have said Joaquin. <laughs> who did you say? I said True.
1: Oh, I see. Okay, all right. That th- that is the only argument you could have made, probably, Lady True, because she is super manipulative. But I think at, one, at least at one point, she, she he,
0: seems to have like pure intention she, she claims to have pure intentions. Yes. But I so think she, Joe Keen in a roundabout way. Joe Keen is telling us that what he's doing is going to be a noble thing. Okay, what he's
1: doing, he thinks is going to be a noble thing for some people, but very not very detrimental to, uh, so at the expense of a whole other population. Mm-hmm. Right, what Lady True is saying would benefit the entire population. Like, if she wants to clean the air, like that's, and I believe I believe she would do it. Honestly, she'd probably do a lot of other stuff that would be horrible, but I think she would
0: clean the air. I so, I, I would agree, though, that the baddest character is certainly um one of the two people that want to become Doctor Manhattan. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if you want the power of a god, although Angela does take the reg at the end, I I think that's I think that's. Mm-hmm. I think that's a result of angela taking the rag at the end the, the raw egg yeah i don't think she would i don't think she it's because she wants the power of dr manhattan i think it's because of what will had just said to her considering yeah. all he could do he could have done more
0: i mean i think it was all one big prank no, that, that could be too just, <laughs> <laughs> she jerked. she ate she a, rag a rag fool. <laughs> <laughs> But as you filled the pool, there was like a note in there. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Hyphen Cal. <laughs>
1: oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> that's the, that's uh, the extended cut. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on then from our goodest and baddest characters to the character that we felt grew the most. And by most character growth, we're talking about a character that may have changed. Uh, or just developed into something uh, more than they were before who's guessing you're
0: guessing or am i guessing?
1: oh uh, that's right it's my it's my turn to guess you first sorry uh i think that you
0: you guessed angela <laughs> uh i think you guessed angela yeah did you guess angela maybe i did guess angela okay good i did too okay she learned a hundred plus year history lesson. absolutely (laughs) i think she gets most growth absolutely you know she's she's
1: busting into nixonville ripping guys out of trailers beating them up to get a location at the beginning of this thing and doing it because she's got a lot of anger just like her grandfather will did by the end of this she'd learns that that anger is based on fear and hurt right and she learns where she comes from she she has the history now she has this perspective that she didn't have before and you know what she might be dr manhattan now
0: so that's a lot of character growth too yeah literally i guess yeah so she gets it in two ways yeah both physically and mentally so, yeah, all right. absolutely.
1: All right, good. I'm glad we agree on that one. How about the biggest turn we had on a character? So in other words, the character, maybe it's a character that we weren't too keen on to start with, but then Thank you for uh, the guest. Yeah, but they but they grew they grew on us and and we uh eventually uh learned to love them or vice versa. A character that we really love that we eventually uh, grew to hate. So the
0: biggest turn that we had on a character for you. I oh guess no, it's you your guys. your yeah. guys first. Yeah. Is this for your first watch through or your second watch through? Ooh.
1: I I don't know. Uh, I I went with. I mean, I guess mine is both. <laughs> so.
0: Will. Okay. And I think you said will. Close i i will would have been my second choice, I said cow, I also said cow that was <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I mean he literally he, turned
1: out to be a god, yeah right i mean he's not he's not much of anything right <laughs> uh, completely forgettable until you realize, holy crap, he's dr manhattan <laughs> that's a that's a big deal that's a big
0: deal that's a big turn
1: that's a big deal whereas will like you discover that will is hooded justice um but there was always a lot of mystery to Will, right? Yeah, so, so, I agree. That, that's, yeah.
0: The, that's, that's the biggest reason why I didn't choose Will for biggest turn on a character. Yeah. I was waiting to learn about Will. Hell, yes. I
1: wasn't. No, it was just all of a sudden, whoa, holy crap, there's a blue guy in there. So, that's, Blue guy that's, in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty amazing. So anyway, all right. Well, then let's move on to
0: our most interesting I just, character. I, I just like to think that Dr. Mahan's just wearing like a costume. <laughs> <laughs> He's blue. Just wearing like a really cheap Halloween costume with the mask. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of what he did when he walked into a bar, right? <laughs> uh, All right. right. All right. So, the most interesting character. Which character did you find the most interesting? Kurt. I think that over the course of the whole series, you know, she's the main character. I think Angela was the most interesting character to you. I think you probably voted for her the most on TV time as well.
0: I think for you. You said Will Reeves.
1: I should have said Will Reeves for you.
0: You should have. Uh, I the, said Will Reeves. <laughs> oh. You said him. You would have been right if you did.
1: I forgot about your affinity for Hooded Justice. Hooded Justice.
0: <laughs> I did say Will Reeves. Uh, you did. All oh, right. Yeah. He goes from just an elderly man who has some secrets, and I'm, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. waiting. I'm, I'm intrigued by it. And man, I mm-hmm. was actually expecting it to be as interesting as it was. And man. Yeah. man. To make him so much more interesting hooded in justice lore, gotta love it <laughs> absolutely.
1: Always. Absolutely, I mean, uh, he's interesting. Let's uh, not so forget, he's the first character that we meet he, uh, during the Tulsa Massacre. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Will. Like, that's we see his journey from that to a cop who gets hanged by fellow cops to hooded justice to this, this sage that is
0: changing Angela's life there's a lot of in- other interesting characters too oh my god it's a hard so choice. Many, Yeah. It, like, it is a hard you, you choice could, I mean you could say fight fight I think is a pretty good I thought about putting fight here as mm-hmm. an interesting character um, mm-hmm. you could say Cal or I should say Dr. Manhattan but I, I and Angela too if you wanted to but mm-hmm. well we'll take the cake for me and you All
1: right. Yep, absolutely I agree all right, one more character award to hand out here, and that is our most entertaining character. Um, I might, I might the... change mine last second. Okay, I'm changing uh, mine. My... All right, and you, I think, get to guess me first.
0: Uh, you said Vite. Uh, and I, th- I think
1: you might have said Vite, but I, now you've changed it. I don't know. I, mm, I think there's a chance that you said Laurie. It's one of those two, Lawyer Vite. it got to be.
0: I'll tell you right now. I had one of those and changed to the other one. <laughs> I figured. Uh, I think he, I think you went with Laurie. Wait, I might change back. Okay, no. know, I'm not changing back. I'm not changing back. All right.
1: Well, well I think you went with Laurie. I'll lock no. it in.
0: Okay, I changed the vite from Laurie. <laughs> okay, and I, you were right. I
1: had me Vite. He was phenomenal. I just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, uh, I loved quoting him all season long. <laughs> I loved it. All right, nitwit's on with the show.
0: I feel bad, Lori didn't make in this character. Let's Me see. too, and that's and I
1: try. it's was like, where can I put Lori? Because I have oh, to I put Lori like... in here somewhere. What a shame. Can I can only honorable mention. <laughs> I seriously, because I, honestly, I
0: I love Lori, and I feel terrible that she's not on here. And I have Cal on here twice. It's just kind of weird. I uh, I, I never never do I use this. No, no, now I have. It used to be Lori, and it turned into Vite twice. Yeah. <laughs> Goodest and most entertaining.
1: Oh my god. Yeah. And and I don't. I mean, neither of us have Wade on here either. As, that is as, true. So this is this is sad to see a, a list that doesn't include. Either of those two, but does include Jokey. <laughs> so, oh well, uh, what are you gonna do? This is this is the way that we've set up the categories, and there's uh, nothing we can do about it because we didn't we didn't make this up.
0: Yeah, not us. No nope. fault.
1: <laughs> I mean, we kind of did. Not our fault. <laughs> I'm happy to to shift the blame to someone else. I just don't know who to shift it to. So,
0: well, you blame me, and I'll blame you. Sounds good. All
1: Perfect. Right. I blame you. I blame you. Fantastic. (laughs) Well, all right, Kurt, uh, let let me just do some programming notes here, and then I'll get into my audio essay, and I'll I'll obviously, before I do that, give you an opportunity to say anything that you would like to say in closing as well. But uh, just so you all know, this is is new information to us. Uh, We have decided because uh, The Last of Us, which we thought was 10 episodes, Uh, combined episodes one and two into one episode. And so now it's only nine episodes. So we're a week off. So we have just enough time before Mrs. Davis starts the next Damon Lindelof project. Very excited. Uh, We have just enough time to cover all five episodes and a recap of Chernobyl, which was uh, an HBO limited series um, that was showrun by craig mazin who is the showrunner for the last of us so i'm interested especially as a chemistry teacher i'm really interested to watch this so next week in place of Watchmen, you will get our coverage of Chernobyl, episode one
0: it's very exciting Mm -hmm. Uh, now now we're getting through a bunch of hbo stuff now (laughs) yeah (laughs) a
1: little hbo phase we will be we will shift over to peacock right after Chernobyl because that's where mrs davis is going to be mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. Anyway, the, Kurt, anything that you'd like to say in closing about Watchmen before I start orating?
0: Or I'm very glad to have been introduced to this universe. I'm debating whether or not I want to read some of the other stuff in it. Um, Mr. Sal graciously gifted me another Alan Moore uh, <laughs> writing.
1: So I. That's it, not Watchmen, though.
0: That's it's, not Watchmen. it's not Watchmen. It's, it's not Watchmen. But I, I probably will read it. And uh, I'm very. I'm happy to have read and watched this. I wish I could have other people also experience the same thing I did, but reading is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I also uh, I, I I cannot in good consciousness recommend this series without reading the comics first. So. <laughs> I understand. Uh, that, that is the way it is. But Well, I think I a heard a funny. thank you in there somewhere. That's awesome. You're welcome, Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh,
1: but I, I selfishly, like, thank you for taking the time to read the comics and watch this with me because i
0: am I'm, I'm still like pissed that you would have let me watch this about reading the comics <laughs> I'm, I'm angered well i'm glad you did
1: but also i mean that feeling that you feel right now that you want to share this with people but you don't want to tell
0: them to go read
1: a graphic novel uh, i had been feeling that for about three years <laughs> and uh so i appreciate that you did that and that you did this with me so thank you for
0: that yeah no thank, no problem <laughs> i would say thank you back but then it kind of turns into like an endless cycle so <laughs> okay we'll end, we'll end it there all right
1: well then i will
0: start orating you ready for this yeah I'm, I'm excited to see what your thoughts are on watching you've had you've had three years to think of this <laughs>
1: <laughs> i have damon Lindelof means a lot to our podcast we started our podcast with Lost and The Leftovers. Leftovers being my favorite series, Lost being, well, at the time, I think Kurt believed was one of his favorite series. Maybe not his favorite, but one of them. But both show run by David, Damon Lindelof. We're going to be covering Mrs. Davis soon. <laughs> you might, you could make the argument that you could call our podcast Lindelhoppers instead of Showhoppers, but we landed on Showhoppers. Initially, when I heard that he was going to be showrunning Watchmen, I wasn't too excited about it, but it's Lindelof. I kind of begrudgingly read the graphic novel. I would never read a graphic novel before, so it was my first experience, and I fell in love with it. It was unlike anything I'd ever taken in. Lindelof talked about a list of adjectives that he used, and he and his writing staff used to describe Watchmen. Some of the ones that he came up with, and I think they're very accurate. He came, uh, he came up with for the graphic novel, dangerous, engaging, interesting, original, political, surprising, and worthy of discourse. And his goal in making this series was for people to attach those adjectives to it. Now, I think that he and his team have succeeded on all counts. The series is dangerous. It's divisive and it makes us confront the darkest recesses of our history as Americans. It is engaging. I could barely allow myself to take a deep breath for minutes at a time and the entirety of episode six. It's interesting. It's always mysterious, sometimes confusing and never boring. The series left me thinking about it for days after watching each episode. It is original. Have my have any of us, Ever seen anything like this extraordinary being or a god walks into a bar? Mesmerizing. It is political. It's not easy to make your villain bemoan how hard it is to be a white man in America right now and to call out white supremacy in all of its forms. And yet they did. It is surprising. I was shocked to see Will Reeves put on that hood and become Hooded Justice. I was shocked to see Angela hit cow with a hammer. And then be bathed in Dr. Manhattan's blue light, not to mention random falling cars and horseshoe cakes. And of course, it's worthy of discourse. That's why three years after it aired, we felt the pull to spend over 10 hours discussing it. Of course, the things that I enjoy most of all discussing on our podcast are themes. And the themes in this series run deep and rich. I have narrowed down the themes of the series to three although there are certainly more the three that i've narrowed it down to are race masks and trauma so let me talk about race a bit there's no possibility that i'll ever be able to properly express my gratitude to everyone involved in the series for helping me attach words and images to the abstract concepts of race relation, race relations in the united states of course i say abstract because i am speaking from the perspective of a white man but to so many these words and images are anything but abstract they're all too real and they're terrifying it should not be the responsibility of serial works of fiction based on comic books to educate the general public about the tulsa massacre however i am beyond grateful that it did Everyone I know who watched this series, granted, this is a small sample size that's not very diverse, but everyone that I know who watched this series heard about that horrific event for the first time on Watchmen. And that's just the prologue. Later in the series, we'll see a Black police officer hanged by his fellow officers for sticking his nose in, quote, white business. And we'll hear a white male U.S. Senator bemoan his white plight. In the most privileged blatantly tone deaf and eerily familiar way possible an illustration that that attitude that attitude that instigated the tulsa massacre persists today on to masks when the good guys and the bad guys are all wearing masks you can't tell which is which that's the premise of the psycop's plan to make joe keen the president Masks make men cruel. That's what Adrian Veidt tells his homemade nemesis in explanation of why he made him wear one. People wear masks because of their trauma according to Laurie, and most clearly illustrated by Looking Glass. And Will and Angela thought that they felt anger when they put on the mask, but they, they discover it's really hurt and fear. So what does the mask mean? Anonymity, cruelty, trauma, anger, fear, hurt? a desire to keep wounds fresh, I believe it's all of those things. The anonymity of online life does make it more difficult to tell ill-intentioned people from well-meaning ones. And it's most, at its most beautiful, it allows us to access our true selves and be the people we want to be without the bias our appearance naturally brings out in others. But at its most deplorable, it emboldens us into that cruelty that Adrian speaks of. With no name or face attached to our words, our virtual masks can bring out the worst in us. But Lori is certainly correct too. We do wear masks to hide or, and bury our trauma. Perhaps the mask does so literally like Wade's reflect which gives him peace of mind that a second psychic squid will spare him once again. Or our masks can be much simpler and less literal, a smile to hide the pain we feel and to avoid having to confront it. And let us not forget the masks that Will and Angela wear. The masks meant not to hide anger, fear, and hurt, but to manifest them and relinquish that control that we must have without them to their more emotional outpouring. And I'll move on to trauma. Trauma, of course, is one of my favorite themes in any series and Watchman does it better than almost any other. As an appetizer, we get an entire episode of Wade beginning with his, this massive psychic squid trauma he experienced as a teen. And we, we see how that giant event left so much scar tissue that 35 years later, he sleeps in a bunker wearing reflectatine, this universe's equivalent of a tinfoil hat. But perhaps even more important than that is the seemingly more minor trauma of being left naked in that funhouse. His ex-wife even comments on how she spent seven years trying to convince him that she wasn't going to leave him naked and alone. These types of experiences stay with us and define us. But episode five also introduces us to a different type of trauma, one that is far less accessible and more abstract, generational trauma. Episode five brilliantly sets the table for episode six, by defining what generational trauma is. This idea that trauma experienced by our parents, grandparents, etc., gets passed down to us in two ways, genetically and behaviorally. The types of fight-flight chemicals that are in excess within trauma sufferers affect their very DNA and hereditary material. But perhaps even more upsetting is the fact that their fear, anger, hurt, and grief are passed on to us, and how they behave, and how they expect us to behave. How many people do we all know who live in fear because that fear was instilled in them as children? My parents, and probably their parents before them, were raised with a very deep religious fear that they then passed on to me. They were traumatized by nightmares of demons and burning fires. And their trauma became my trauma. It's taken me over 40 years to confront that trauma in an attempt to break the cycle for my own children. In Watchmen, we see a metaphorical version of the talk that one hears about from Black parents. Angela's father says to her, people who wear masks are dangerous and we should be scared of them. And who wears masks in this universe? The police. The generational trauma that manifests between that complicated, from that complicated relationship between law enforcement and the African-American community is very real. And of course, no place is generational trauma on full display more than in episode six, when Angela gets to literally experience the trauma passed down from her, to her firsthand. The nostalgia pills are so much more than passive-aggressive exposition, as Lady True calls them. They are our Rosetta Stone and Angela's for understanding where the fear, anger, and hurt she feels comes from. Is it any wonder that Angela doesn't see the pretty colors of lollipops and rainbows? She sees the world in black and white because that is the worldview she inherited. Her grandfather was hanged by white police officers. He experienced the horrors of the Tulsa massacre. So of course he passed that trauma down to Marcus and Marcus onto Angela. I could talk for hours about any one of these themes, but the show hoppers clock stands at two minutes to sign off. So let me close with this final thought. We all wear masks of one kind or another, whether they protect us from the prejudice of others, like Will's white paint, on his eyes did for him or give us the anonymity to inflict cruelty on others like the seventh cavalry whether our masks hide trauma fear anger hurt or who we truly are they are only a temporary treatment of symptoms until we identify the fear and hurt at the core and confront it we cannot heal from our trauma this is at the heart of what is perhaps the thesis of the series It ties in every theme from race to masks to trauma. It is Will's words to Angela that induce tears in her heretofore unseen. You can't heal under a mask. Wounds need air. Shoe hammer some show hoppers into your day.